we we can take a teaching and uh, and when when it's right but when we can stretch it so far when it becomes heresy okay uh, I think it's I, I wrote to a guy the other day and I said I think it's sad we don't hear we're preaching about prosperity anymore and yet there's so many Christians who really are struggling financially mm-hmm. but and it was because of in the 90s in the zeros that that teaching got abused that it, it, be, it was used to manipulate people out of their own money and so on and so forth. Like, that's why it got abused. But it doesn't change the fact that there is a teaching about prosperity. There is a teaching about tithing. There is a teaching about giving and sowing and reaping and so on and so forth. And, uh, and I believe that we are at a stage where God wants his church, his body, to come back to where we belong. They see like... I see people, I see so many people who have a lot of knowledge of the Bible, but they don't have the life of the Bible. Do you understand the difference? They know a lot of things. They, they, they can quote the Bible to you, but their life is not a testimony of what we are quoting. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and this is where we have to understand that we must never take Christianity for granted. You know, sometimes we can think, oh, we've grown up in a society where churches was normal and, and things like that. But we mustn't take it for granted because of the, the whole, what we call the whole Eastern Roman Empire. This is really where the whole of um, the, the whole of um, the Bible is written out from. That geographical area is what we call the Eastern Roman Empire, which was called, they were called Romans, you know, the Turkish. Uh, uh, Greece and uh, Constantinople, this area, Istanbul, this area. Now it's all Muslim. It all disappeared just like that. And so we mustn't take it for granted. And, I, and it was because of we in the, uh, the, the, the church became complacent and we just took things for granted. Mm-hmm. Okay? And um, so, anyway, but if you can turn to uh, Matthew chapter. Eight, there is something that uh, uh, I just f- felt led to this morning that uh, I should talk about, and uh, I mean, is Matthew chapter eight and verse five, and um, I starts here in verse five. It says, "And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him." Now notice that with Jesus is that. I, I, I don't know if you ever watched this. Uh, I read the book, but it's made into a movie called The Band of Brothers, and it's about this uh, parachutes during World War Two. It's like it's a real story that is made, uh, Steven Spielberg made into a movie, a TV series. And there's a time where they had to be uh, jump jump out of parachutes, mm-hmm. uh, so they come there, and then we had to do something else. And then there's someone saying, "Yeah, but we're going to be surrounded." And then this uh, soldier, he says, "Yeah, we're supposed to be surrounded. We're paratroopers." No, we, we get dropped into enemy lane. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that sentence, I said, yeah, that's the same for us as believers. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We are placed in this world. We, so we shouldn't be intimidated by being surrounded. Amen. Because this is where we are. You know, like if you have a Filipino embassy in London, it's surrounded yes. by UK. The Danish embassy is surrounded by UK. Okay, You and I as believers... We shouldn't be intimidated when we are in an area where we, everywhere we look, it looks like we are surrounded. 
because that's a part of the job description we have been given, that we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We are supposed to be light, we're not in the light. We're supposed to be light in darkness. Amen? Or else, you know, you don't turn on the light when it's light. It's just, it's just a waste. But light in the darkness. Anyway, so Jesus here, he was in Capernaum, where came unto him a centurion beseeching. So every, Jesus, everywhere he operated, he was in occupied area. Like, it was not like a favorable situation. No, the country geographically was occupied by the Romans. Spiritually, <laughs> it was so bad that God had to send his own son to tell them what, who God is. The Pharisees had messed it up so badly that no one could come to God. No one could hear from God. Think about it. 400 years, God has not spoken. From the, from the book of Malachi to the Gospel of Matthew, that's what they call the silent years, where God didn't speak. This is how badly the Pharisees have messed up the religious system. Mm-hmm. And yet the whole system was built upon that God should communicate with man. Mm-hmm. But when religion came in, when man's ideas of who God was, they messed it up so badly that God, no one had heard from God. And even the guy who was one of the guys who was in charge, Zechariah, he must, obviously he must have been very high up in the hierarchy or else he wouldn't have been chosen to go into the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. to to do uh, the prayers and when Gabriel shows up he is so far away from the faith that he cannot believe God if you're reading it he, he don't just get dumb he gets deaf and dumb because they have to make signs to him you know, that, that shows that he was not just uh, dumb, he was also deaf. Okay? Can you imagine you have a priest, you have a prophet who is deaf and dumb? He can't hear and he can't speak. That means he can't hear from God and he can't bless you. And I believe this is where we are as a church today. Yet, if you ask Zechariah, are you in the service of God? He will say, yes, because I am in the temple. I am doing the service in the temple. I'm doing all the rituals. I am chosen. I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm even one of the cream of the crop because I have been chosen. And yet he could not hear and he could not bless. Amen. And it's so important that we realize we, 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 this is where we are because I hear many people, or you hear probably many people, you just go on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. It's amazing how many people who can hear from God. And yet our country is going, is declining from bad to worse. Okay. Our country, you know, like we are living in the most chaotic times in the world history really right now. You know, we, we, everyone talks about democracy. No one believes in it. Okay, you know, like Donald Trump, he believes in democracy, but he denied he lost the election two years ago. Okay, uh, our own prime minister, he believes in democracy, yet no one voted for him. But we believe in democracy, and we can take it all over. And it's just chaotic everywhere. Okay, and it the same, and the same thing in the church. We have so many people who say God showed me this, God told me that, and God, and yet we don't see the manifestation of the kingdom of God. And we must, as a body of Christ, we need to wake up and say, uh, the Bible call it repent, and come back to what is it that the Bible say. Mm-hmm. So, that what God, so that God again can have a voice in this world. Because that voice is going to come through you and me. That voice is going to be carried by you and me. That voice is going to be, uh, be stuck to you. 
But before we can carry that voice, we have to let go of all the rubbish that we have been uh, uh, brainwashed with, that, that we have been used to because so many people have said it, and we think now because so many people are saying it, that must be that which is it. Not necessarily. I, I noticed that in the Bible, the majority is always wrong. Have you noticed that? In the Bible, the majority is always wrong. No one believed that David was going to be the king. Can you imagine? Not even your dad believed in you. Samuel came and said, I'm going to anoint one of your sons. Samuel <laughs> and Jesse, he brings all his sons in apart from David because he can definitely not be David. Okay? Not even David. No, no one believed in him. And, and you can see that all the while, that the majority is never right. Okay? No one, no one believed in Jesus. Jesus had the most powerful sermon in the world, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, they all left. I mean, the disciples, he asked them, are you leaving too? And Peter said, we have nowhere else to go. It wasn't that they had not thought about leaving. If Peter had found a place to go, he would have gone too. Okay? And, 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 and we need to come back to this place where we let go of all the things we hear. Because we must be honest with ourselves, it does not work. I know people who, who talk about healing, talk about healing, talk about healing, and you know, they see no one healed. Okay? They talk about prosperity, we talk about prosperity, we talk about and they don't prosper. And you know what? That's not the will of God. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to be restored. God wants you to be more than a conqueror. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. But reality is, majority of those who call themselves Christians today, they don't experience it. They have it in their head. They're living in a virtual Christianity, but it's not real in their life. You know, we go two generations, four, five generations back as the body of Christ. We, as the body of Christ, we supplied the society with all the leaders of our society. All the leaders, prime ministers, uh, uh, governors, whatever, they came from the church. Okay? Because of they were, were uh, you know, every community in England, every local community, you know, either they was a school or a church or not, the children went to Sunday school. You know, it was a normal part of upbringing in the UK that Saturday the kids went to Sunday school. Okay? But anyway, so here he comes, and Jesus said, oh, no, so, and, uh, verse 6, And saying, Lord, my servant lied at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Mm. Verse 9, this is, the, this is the important part today. For I am a man under authority. Now, in the, there's another translation I, I start reading now. It actually says here, where the centurion, he says to Jesus, For I am also a man under authority. I am also a man under authority. And it's that part, I am also a man under authority, that is so important today that we, you know, uh, there was someone who wrote to me, you know, I have this Danish thing on, uh, on Facebook, and then someone who wrote to me about something. And I said to him, you know, the most important thing in your Christian life is you belong somewhere. Do you understand? It's not that you have the right teaching first, 
because I know many people who have the right teachings but belong nowhere. Okay? The first thing is you need to belong somewhere. He said, why am I not healed? Why am I not healed? Why am I not healed? The first thing, you need to belong somewhere. I said to me, James, what what does say James? Is is anyone sick amongst you when call upon the elders? Okay, that means you need to be a part of something. But not only do you need to be a part of something, you need to be submitted to something. Because if you're not submitted, you don't have elders, do you? You know, that, that means, it talks about that I am in a place. But here the centurion, he says, I am also a man under authority. Mm. I am also a... So what the centurion, he, he recognizes here, authority can only be given mm. by someone who you have submitted yourself to. So if I have no one above me, I have no authority. I don't. So, if you are not submitted, if no one is above you, you have no authority. I know the charismatic say, but it's me and Jesus. No, 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 it's not you and Jesus. It's you and the body. You know, Jesus in in, uh, John, in the first John, talks about that. How can you say that you love God who you can't see? If you can't love your neighbor who you can see. Okay? That's 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 a principle here. But how can I say I submit to God who I can't see if I can't submit to the fellowship that I can see? Amen. And that's where that this teaching about that God speaks to everyone has been stretched so far. Okay, the, the teaching about God is speaking to us came out because the teaching was stretched too far in the other direction. So before that, it was like uh, in, you know, from the Catholic Church that uh, you could you, you could only it was only the priest who could hear from God, and so if you have to hear from God, you have to go to the priest, and then the priest have to go to Mary or whoever saint uh, who is ever in between, you know, Virgin, you know, they have their their guardians. They have to, I think, Ulfric, but now he 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 prays to Mary, who then prays to Jesus, you know, or at least he got the mom. Can you get Saint Nikolai or whatever? But at least with moms, he always can get in there. But but it's you can see that that is of course stupid too. And so when we so the reaction to that teaching came on that now God can speak to you, and that's true. But now it's like with that teaching over four five decades have been spread so far that instead of bringing into fellowship, it has brought you into isolation. Okay, because no one can no longer say anything to you because God has shown me. Okay, and that's where it becomes dangerous. All of us, we must all have a voice in our life, not God's, but a person that their voice has more authority in your life than your own. Do you understand? That's why when you get married, we have what? What do we have at weddings? Witnesses. You can't get married without a witness. Why? Because somewhere down the line, if you go crazy in your head and say, "Oh, I didn't really mean it," you have a witness say, "Yes, you did." Amen. And 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 that's where we in the body of Christ today, I see a lot of people who are running around exercising so-called authority, 
but we don't have it. And what we're doing is we become easy prey for the devil. I'm telling you, it's very serious what I'm telling you. I've seen so many people that when we when we become like that, it, we, we're not playing with things here. You know, when you start talking about spiritual things, every post will have a push against you. One of the greatest healing evangelists that this country have ever seen was one of the um, Jeffrey brothers. One of them was the one who uh, laid hands on Reinhard Bonke. Mm-hmm. But the other brother, he had a unique gift where he... He could he, he, when he ministered to people who who had arthritis, they could just uh, you know they, you know the, the body could you know like completely uh, together. But when uh, Jeffrey, jo- I think it was just Jeffrey, his, uh, when he ministered to them, they just completely got healed. Mm-hmm. And but he became so big, so suddenly no one could talk speak to Jeffrey anymore. Mm-hmm. And one day he said, "I am on the top of the world." Do you know? Sadly, that man he died of the same disease. Okay, because of he, the devil had managed to trick him. You don't need anyone. You are so anointed. You, you and you and I, you and God can do it. And the devil encouraged him. You, know, you and Jesus, you and Jesus. Because he knew when he gets him out of fellowship, when he gets out of that protection, as we said to and say, I am also a man under authority. He knew now. I got him where I want him. If you read this book, which is really depressing, so I don't want to encourage you to read it, but this book called God's Generals, you know, one of them, they, they, they fall one after another. Why? Because they become independent. And they become independent based upon God showed me. William Branham, Kenneth Hagen shares about that when God spoke to Kenneth Hagen to go and speak to William Branham and every time Kenneth Hagen tried to approach William Branham, William Branham just went somewhere else. Mm. Because William Branham, he became, he was so big. No, you know, he was so gifted. I saw in one of William Branham's disciples, Paul Kane, up in Sunderland. I never seen the gift of knowledge be manifest. It took me half an hour to realize the man didn't know the people. I thought he was just greeting people, he knew. Until the man does not know any of these guys. Mm. Okay? But because of that gift, William Branham got isolated. And he died as a very sad and bitter man. You know, I don't know if it could still exist, but all the bad teachings about women being subdued comes from William Branham. Okay? And he was a man, but he lost this thing. I am also a man under authority. Mm. Do you know that? In Chapeltown in, in Leeds, it's so funny. You, know, you have these huge uh, black guys, you know, two, two meters plus, sort of seven foot tall, over the shoulders or whatever. But when mama comes, that little mama, no matter how big they are, they are submitted. Uh, it's so funny, you know, we're, we're, we're biggest, you know, and, and, there's, and, there, and there's something in the Western culture, we have lost that. And we brought it with us into the church and saying, God speaks only to me. And like when, you know, like I don't, I don't really do counsel anymore because most counselors, when I say something they don't want to hear, they close down. Because they are, people already have an idea of this is what I want. So now I go to the pastor to see if he confirms it. If he does not confirm it, I will just say, God told me. So I'm going ahead anyway. Do, do you understand? And when we are not submitted, 
when we, you know, when, when, when I started out in the ministry, I said to my pastor, you know, I said, this is what I believe. But if you're telling me that I shouldn't do it, despite of what I believe, despite of what signs and wonders or whatever God's confirmation has given to me, if you say I shouldn't, I wouldn't do it. Why? Because that's what protects me. We, we all know we can't trust ourselves. We all have desires. As I said, I never heard God say no when I asked God to buy a new car. He never said no. You might have something else that you have asked God for and that you desire. When, uh, you can, all you can hear is yes and amen. God will give you what your heart's desire. This is whatever. Okay? We, there are areas where we cannot trust ourselves. And that's not for, for you to be weak, but it's for you so when you recognize I need to be a part of something because that protects me. The centurion said, so he, he recognized, he saw Jesus. He heard about Jesus. He, re, he realized when he saw Jesus, that authority he exercised. He knew authority. He said, no man can have that authority without being submitted. He recognized as a soldier, he said, I'm, I'm a man. He recognized as a soldier, the authority lies in being a part of something and being submitted to something. Amen. You know, it's so important we get that back into our community as a church again because we have so many lone rangers who are running around uh, saying, God told me this and God told me that. And I'm telling you, there will be so many victims. You know, you can go to a mental institute and you will find many of these people who are locked up in the mental institute. They're all running around saying, God told me, Jesus spoke to me, Jesus did this, Jesus told me that. Crazy people. In Bradford, too, was it four years ago when there was this woman who threw out her baby from the balcony in the flat and said, in court, she said, why did you know Jesus told me? Now, that's extreme, okay? But it's the same thing. There, I cannot, I am not a part of something. Now, being a part of something is not just because I go somewhere. Do you know? Have you noticed that you can be in a crowd and still feel alone? No, being a part of something is where I belong. Do you know? And that's why the tithing is so important. The tithing, as I said to you so many times, is not about the money. Tithing is about this is where I belong. Malachi said, bring the tithes to the storehouse, meaning this is where I belong. So through my money, I show through that action, this is where I belong. It's like when people, uh, they, when they left the church, they, they, when they addressed me as pastor, I said to him, I'm not your pastor. Okay, because pastor is not a title. It's a function. You know, just like uh, being a dad or being a mom is not a title. It's a function. Because of, I, I take this scripture very seriously in Hebrews 11, or no, Hebrews, not 11, but in Hebrews, where I one day have to stand before Jesus and give an account for those I have been entrusted. Amen? Amen. That's why when I get into heaven quick. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Pastor Yonke Chiu? He's still standing there giving account for one, if you have one million people. <laughs> Poor guy. Can you bet? And what about Mrs. So-and-so? Mrs. Who? Yeah, hey, Mrs. So-and-so. Hey. I don't, I don't you don't know who is <laughs> so he's still standing there waiting, you know. Uh, me, uh, yeah. What about him? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, okay, good. <laughs> so, 
And when I look out at young, past the younger children still standing there, who is Mrs. So-and-so? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I take it very, very... But, 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 but the tithing thing is where you say, I belong here. I don't belong there. I don't belong there. I belong here. And in me saying I belong somewhere, now I am protected. Why? Because I have submitted myself to something. Now notice, submission in biblical terms can never be enforced upon you. Do you understand? It's something we do voluntarily. You know, no one can force you to tithe. No one can force you to submit. No one can do. It is a choice that I make to say now I am a part of this, and because now I am a part of this, I'm submitted to this place. I'm submit now. I am also protected by this place. Do, do you understand? That's why when people come from other churches to me, oh, can you count me? I say I can't, because I don't know. You know, it's just like you cannot correct the neighbor's kids. That's because when you go above, you go beyond your authority. You might think that the neighbor is really bad parents and they really need someone like you because you're super dead and so on. But if you go, you can be charged with so-called child abuse because you're overstretching your authority. Do, do, do you understand? So, and I'm telling you, in my younger days, I got in big troubles because I didn't know what I'm telling you now. Where I counsel people without knowing the whole story. I remember uh, this woman, every time we, we were in church, we had to pray for her husband. Oh, we prayed for her. Oh, my husband. Oh, my husband. It's like this. We, all, blah, blah, blah. we prayed and we prayed. And, we... and then one day I was invited to the home. I was expected to meet the devil. You know? But after all the prayers, we prayed for that man. And what she had told when it turned out, he was normal. <laughs> it was her wife who was crazy. <laughs> and and you know what? When when we count, so so like so 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 I say, I say to people, you know, God will not speak to me. My, I, I because I'm not giving the force. I always say to people, go and speak to your pastor. That's the best advice you can give. Because if I start getting my the two pence of the wisdom. I can make more damage than good. Even if my intentions are right, I can still make a lot of damage. Just because my intentions does not justify me to go beyond the orders of the kingdom. Mm. Do, do you understand? And you know, like, and uh, the best way I, I remember, I can't remember. Was one of the books Kenneth Hagin he he wrote? He he said about there was a guy in his church who who died, and when he came back to life. And when this guy, he shared about that when he was in heaven, when he died, that Jesus said to him, I have to send you back because your pastor is praying. And when he turned, when he rolled back a curtain, when he could see Kenneth Hagin was praying for him. I'm telling you, I would have left the church the moment I came back. <laughs> what kind of power? Can you imagine? You, you, you have already gone through the process of dying. Once you come, finally you make it to heaven, <laughs> and when you're told by Jesus you have to go back, you, you see the streets made of gold, you see the crystal lake in heaven, you see Jesus, you hear the angels, you see everything, 
And then she said, I'm sorry. <laughs> Tata, you have to go back to Bradford. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Oh, Pastor Kurt is praying. I'm telling you, I will get two blue eyes there. <laughs> and now, I, if that was me, I would be in risk of, I'm not sure I would make it to heaven second time because I would be full of, so full of resentment and bitterness. No, but no, that I. Oh yeah, now I'm talking about it. So now, now be careful when you like. So when I say about heaven, now I believe that people, when they die as Christians, they can go to heaven. But I, I want you to be careful about all this thing that goes around now that people goes to heaven back and it's like up and because if there is no transformation. I believe maybe in their imagination they believe a best builder. But just because I imagine it doesn't mean that it is. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't understand. There's a famous book that is written about a, a guy many years ago, and, and, now, and he turned out, what can I say, with a non-Christian lifestyle. So I don't understand. If you went to heaven, if I went to heaven, I think my life will be transformed forever. Mm-hmm. If I went to hell, I think my life will be traumatized forever. You know, can you imagine? No, I, I can remember I watched the movie, a German movie when I was a child. This was not a Christian movie. This was a, it was about uh, showing purgatory, mm-hmm. a German movie. I was traumatized by just watching that. I'm telling you, if I ever, if God ever, if I went to hell, I'm telling you, I'll be, I'll, you'll just, I'll just be staring into a wall. Okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, and as I said to you, the, the word of God. Anyway. Being a part of something is so important. Being a part of something does not mean that you are devalued. Okay? Because we as human beings, there's something that we use with the phrase synergy. You know that when we come into the right place in the right fellowship, we become a better version of ourselves. There's something we can only do when we are part of something. And that is something that is made within us. We as human beings, we are created to that our full potential can only be unlocked in fellowship. Okay? That's why that the human beings, we can only reproduce in marriage. You can't reproduce on yourself. You know, I know that medical technology wants to make us believe that now, but you can't. Because this is something in human nature, but where the devil had told us, no, you, you, you are unique, you are unique, you are unique. Yeah, but in a fellowship, you are even more unique. Do you understand? Now we have the World Cup, you can be the best football player in the, on planet Earth, but if you don't have 10 other teammates, you will not win a game. Okay, I think that goes for any team sport. Joe Jordan, when he was on his peak in basketball, if he was the only one, I think we could still beat him if we were uh, seven in the basketball team. Six, seven, oh, five. Five. Yes, I know. And, but because of we are, we are, our potential is unlocked in the fellowship. We, we all become a better version of ourselves in fellowship. But where the devil had told us so many times, oh no, you're so, you're so unique, you're so unique, you're so unique, you're so... So we're ending up believing that if I'm a part of the fellowship, I'm no longer unique. But it's actually the other way around. You be, you're, you're, the way you become unique is when you are part of something. Okay? 
So he said, I am also a man under authority. And we said, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes. Now he explains what authority means. Now he explains what authority means, but someone trusting what you are saying without having to question. I know this goes completely against how we've been brought up in Western culture, educational system, because in Western educational system, you are encouraged to put a question mark with everything. Okay? But I, I learned over the years that, that never argue with people who disagree with you. In other words, people love to argue the Bible. But I learned over the years, just walk away. You know, you, you, you cannot argue the Bible. You can't. I cannot, no matter how good arguments are, if you have a set opinion, it doesn't matter how much I argue, it will not change your opinion. Mm-hmm. You can see just in the natural, you can see with Brexit, it doesn't matter. Whatever logical argument, people have their mind set. You cannot argue it. Okay? And the same thing we have, authority is not, authority is not that uh, yeah, I will submit when I agree. Authority is that I will, uh, yeah, yeah, let me think about it. No. Here he says, I'm a, when I say go, he goes. When he say go, he goes. Do, do you know what? I, I, I believe, seriously, that even when you are submitted to someone, and let's say that person says something that was not right, now I'm not talking about going to rob a bank or something like that. That's not what I'm saying. But... If you still trust that person, God will still bless you. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course. If pastor go and rob the bank, of course, when you're dumb, if you obey him, okay, you know that's. But 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 in 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 other issues that can be, we shall do this or we shall do that or whatever. And it may turn out maybe we shouldn't have done that. We should have done this instead. You will still be blessed mm-hmm. because of. God's grace is sufficient to override the mistake. Yes. Do, do you understand? And that's why that is, there is no danger in being submissive. Yeah. No, that we, we have been we have been taught when we are submissive is like that. Uh, it's like uh, degrading myself. I'm less value than the one. So if I submitting myself to that person, that means that person is more valuable than me. No, that's not what it is. It is that that person has an experience or has a gift or has been entrusted something that can enhance you. Do you know that when I submit myself to someone, now I am able to, to benefit from what that person has that I submit myself to. Did you understand? As long as I submit to that person, I can do what that person can do. That's why the submission to God is that when you and I submit to God, we can do what God can do. But no, but submission is not that oh God is God is the devil is me or whatever. No, submission we need to have a relationship with God. But when God says something, we act. Do, do you understand? I say it very often. It's like Ephesians talks about children should submit unto their parents. It doesn't mean that the parents are more valuable than the child. They are equal value but different positions. But the child will benefit if the child submits to the parents. And we all know none of us are perfect parents. 
Okay, and yet still our kids have not been end up being locked up or something like that, or turned out with four heads or something like yeah. yeah. No, like this is what uh, submit and but but you can see what happens when when suddenly you say no, I don't need anyone but me. Now you are on your own. Now you're vulnerable. Okay, and we need to get uh, uh, what he's really describing with He said, when I say go, they go. When I say come, they come. He's describing faith. Mm. He's, he noticed with Jesus, he said, be healed, they get healed. Mm. And he noticed, he's exactly the same. When I say come, they come. No question asked. They, uh, what? Because he submitted. And Jesus, uh, and what this centurion does, he recognizes it, that Jesus is a man under authority. He recognizes Jesus is submitted. Jesus said himself, the centurion didn't hear it, but Jesus said himself, I only do what my father shows me. I don't do what I would like to do. He said, I only do what my father shows me. Mm. Which means Jesus shows he's submitted. He's, he, you know, he said, my, my, my father and I are one. He talks about their fellowship. He's never on his own. He's never without the father. And that's the same thing that the, the first step always is the fellowship in the, in the body is so, so important for your protection and for your advancement. Because many of times the wisdom that you need, the, the gift that you need, God has already placed it within the body that you are part of. He, he already put it in there, in that body. Okay? But what happens very often, in natural, the natural thing is that the devil, he wants us to isolate ourselves. So, and when he, he said, you know, it's you and Jesus. I need to be alone with Jesus. I need to be alone with Jesus. Me, Jesus and me, and Jesus and me. I'm telling you, no, it's not how it works. That's not how it works. Okay, and, uh, and 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 it protects you. And don't fall into this thing that when people we don't the people who keeps telling you where God said this to them and God said to them, I'm telling you they're lying. God does not speak like that. Okay, this is something they make up and make it imagination. This is not how God speaks. I'll give you an example how God leads. Okay, uh, last week of of the October. Yeah, last week of October, I think, or was the first week of November, I can't remember no. now. Uh, I was supposed to meet up with uh, Pastor Dennis Belcom in Liverpool and uh, and his daughter. And that was, uh, was another guy, was this guy from Singapore, Lawrence Kong. Yeah, yeah. So I was supposed to meet up with all of them in Liverpool the last weekend on a Saturday, Monday or something. And uh, so everything was planned and so on and so forth. But I just, I don't know. It just didn't work out, so I called the uh, pastor and said, you know, I can't make it, so you know, no, it was not what God said. Kurt, my dear child, don't write to Liverpool. That's not how it worked, okay? But it was just like, it just came like that. When it turned out, now, when they all came back to Singapore and Hong Kong, and I think Pastor Dennis's daughter and her husband, they got stuck in London. They all got COVID in Liverpool. Okay, all of them, uh, the whole team. So Pastor Dennis had been in isolation for two weeks in Hong Kong, or, and uh, his daughter, and they were stuck in London. They couldn't get on a flight to Hong Kong, and uh, so on. And so, but 
I can see this is how God leads. Do you, do you, this is how God protects. It's not that God comes out and says, don't go to Liverpool. That's not how it works. I'm challenging anyone who says this is how God speaks. He doesn't. But when, because many of times when God speaks, when you are in it, you cannot see it. But you can see it when you look back. Just like with prophecies, that you cannot, the, the way prophecies works in the Bible, and this is where you cannot say, take the prophecies in the Bible and then say, oh, this is this, and this is that, and this is this, and this. No, you can't. But when it had happened, you can start looking back and say, oh, well, this was it. This was it. This was it. That's how prophecy works. You, you know, like I grew up with when the EU was the, anti, the kingdom of the Antichrist because there were 12 stars in the EU flag. Now it's 28, 27 or something after Britain left. And uh, there's no predictions. Gorbachev was the Antichrist. Obama was the Antichrist. Uh, the Pope was the Antichrist. Uh, you know, you, you may know that's not how it works. Okay, the way you get led by, you know, many of times you get led by the Holy Spirit like an unction. And many of times that unction you cannot see while you are in it, but you can see it while you have been in it. But when you every day walking a life, uh, walk a life where you are dedicated, uh, where you, where you, as uh, to the best of your ability, you're trying to do what God is doing, you will see God's hand leading you. Mm. Do, do you understand? That's how it works. It's not like that, that people tell you that this is how they know it doesn't work like that. But if they say like that to you, that is only for the sake of communicate, communicating it to you. It's not that this is how it worked. Did you understand? But many people, they take it and then they're embracing a familiar spirit and that spirit might speak to you like that. But now it's not God. And I saw that in Ukraine, in Kiev, in '95, and I taught about the Holy Spirit, how to hear from God. And that was when the Holy Spirit, the Christianity, was fairly new in Ukraine. Uh, you, you could, you, you just had to say Jesus, and then people just got saved. You no, know, I, I, I was in a meeting. I just said Jesus. Five hundred people got saved at meeting. I, you know, because there was just so, such an open heaven over there. But I was teaching about the Holy Spirit. There was this young girl, worship leader. She was, and she was very, very new, and she heard about, just thinking about that God will speak to you. And she went home and said, God, speak to me. And, you know, the next day she came speaking with a male voice. Because she, well, there was no discernment in it, because she thought, oh, I need to hear a voice. And I'm telling you, a lot of these things that, were, that now carries on in the charismatic circus now, is not glorifying God. It isn't. It may it pulls God down to a level where He does not belong. Uh, I saw Ecuador playing football in the World Cup, and I met someone on Facebook. Isn't it wonderful? They are praying. That's no. It's embarrassing. Can you imagine? You are from Ecuador and you are playing against uh, Qatar. So Qatar, we pray to Allah. Ecuador prays to Jesus. <laughs> Who is going to win now? <laughs> what? Well, we don't bring God down to that level. Do, do you understand? Can you imagine? You had two kids on sports day. Where who are you praying for? No, we, 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 I said with these things, let them do whatever they need to do and see. Let the best person win. But it's nothing to do with our prayers. 
This is not where our prayers belong. This is not where we belong. But, oh, isn't it wonderful we worship Jesus? No, it's not wonderful. It's if we are degrading Jesus to a level where he does not belong. So they're thinking we're worshiping Jesus. No, I think we're pulling him down. Okay? And, and, and it's so important because of, uh, like we see in the Brazil election now, the same thing. The, all the worldwide so-called famous prophets were, were queuing up and prophesying that this other guy was supposed to win and he lost. And when, but no one is queuing up and saying, oh, we got it wrong. Or maybe we shouldn't have been involved in this. Mm-hmm. Because God is the one who puts people in place mm-hmm. in authority. Okay? We and, and, and so what we're thinking, we, we, we're thinking that we can manipulate God's hand to put whoever knows. It is God who decides. The heart of a king is in the hands of God. Okay, we have been given one task there, but whoever who is in charge, we shall pray for them. And we have also the confidence that whoever who is in charge, we can still be blessed. Mm-hmm. If Jesus can be in the fullness of the will of God in, 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 in Israel, in the middle of the most religious society in the world, so as far away from God as possible, and he was still blessed. So can you and I. If the Apostle Paul could, sp- could write the whole New Testament, basically, when the nickname of the Roman Emperor, the Roman Emperor's nickname at that time, he was called the Beast. Nero. That was his nickname. That's why Revelation talks about the Beast. That's referring to Nero, okay? We, so we don't need to get involved in these things. Our job is lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Cast out demons, preach the good news, Bring salvation, restoration, uh, forgiveness to this world. Bring hope to a hopeless world. This is our task. Our task is not to get involved with politics. Whoever is in charge of this one and the other. Someone said that, oh, it's a Danish. Danes, we have opinions about everything. So there's a Danish guy who wrote, oh, now this is the first what, uh, Asian, non-Hindu, is he Hindu? Is he Sunnah? Where is the Prime Minister of England? So I wrote back, yeah, the Christmas one didn't do us any good. Because it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. You know, what matters is, do I know Jesus? Am I where Jesus wants me to be? Am I there? And then I am blessed, always. Because the other ones, other things just becomes a, a source of irritation to you. Anyway, so... So he, say, so he explains what kind of authority he's talking about. Come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he do it. When Jesus heard it, now verse 10, now, now he's defining what submission looks like. And then now Jesus says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled. He didn't say, tick, you got that right. No, he marveled. Because he, because we say about Jewish people, we're like Danes. You say, where we're free Jews, we're for opinions. Okay? Jewish people love to argue, just like Danes. Okay? So he marveled. Here's a guy, he, here's a guy, he got it. He said, I say, come and they come. Go and they go. And that's faith. When you read the word of God, have that approach. If the Bible says it, do it. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but no, no, just do it. And then you'll start to see it happen. Amen? Don't, 
don't rely on your emotions. When you have messed up and you say, God, forgive me, then just receive it. That's it. Yeah, but I don't feel forgiven. So I better pray one more time. God, forgive me again. No, just take it. Amen? It's so, so important we, we get this part of it that, that he that, that's faith, that we don't question if the Bible says it, that's it. And Jesus marveled and said to them that followed, Verily, now notice again, it's not verily, it's not a person. He, he turns to, he said, you know, he said, and he said to them that followed, verily, and he's even written with capital, verily. <laughs> even with translator thought it was a person. Verily, name the disciples, Peter, John, and verily. He speaks to me all the time. Who does Jesus speak to the most? To verily. I, I've, if I had known that, I, Matthew should have been named Verily. Okay. Verily I say unto you, see, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. I have not found, I see, I never seen faith like this in Israel. I've never seen. So what is faith? It's all built upon the system of submission and belonging. Without that, you do not have faith. And here we in the charismatic circus, we we come we brought that teaching so far out, we so far away from faith, and yet we think we are in faith. We have we we have been sold alive, and we can be in faith on our own. We can't. We you know, remember the Lord's prayer when when Jesus when they ask how shall we pray, what did Jesus tell them? He said, "Our." He didn't say your or mine. He said, "Our Father, our Father, our Father." Okay, our Father. So he said, "I have not found so great faith." And when he really wants to underline it, no. Not in Israel. He really underlined it. Now he said, "Guys, this guy, he he got it. He knows what faith is about. This guy, he understands my relationship with my heavenly Father. He got it. Forget about the Pharisees. Forget about all the Sadducees. What all the rituals, the ceremonial things, and whatever they do, and whatever. No, no, they don't have it. This guy, this centurion, this soldier, this officer, he got it. This is what he's saying to them." Look at him. This is how your faith should operate. It's it's in the framework of relationship and submission. This is this is where faith operates. Without that framework, faith does not work. I'm telling you. That's why you will see people who have a lot of knowledge. I say, I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus, and they still get sick. That's why. Because it's and because of there are many because many people that's why tithing is so important because people they believe they belong somewhere because they're attending. Do you, do you understand? No, that's where the tithing comes in because it is this is the way. Remember, the Jewish faith is reacting. We don't. It's not the thought that comes. It's that through the tithing, this is where I belong. And this is why timing is so contested. This is why the devil have managed to abuse it and twist it so that some people have used it for something else. Because of t- timing makes you belong somewhere. Bang. 
Okay? It's the same thing with two people who live together without being married. They say, well, why do I need to get married? It's just a piece of paper. No, because once you're married, there is a spiritual union. But it's not there if you're not married. Okay? He got it. He got it. And this is where, where many people in the Western church, they attend church, but they don't belong. Many Christians in the Western world, they call that person for their past and so and yet they have no one above them. And yet they're thinking, I can go and exercise authority because Jesus said I should go out and lay hands on the sick and so on. Yeah, but we take a t- Bible truth out of context. Because they need to, it needs to be in the right framework. The same way that you need to see you know, Jesus as your, you know, God as your father, before not God as God, as an institution and so on. There's many other truths that need to be established also, but the foundational framework for faith is, I need to belong somewhere and I need to be submitted somewhere. Because without that, I cannot, I cannot operate. And that goes not just for faith, it goes for anywhere in the world. If you want to be a soldier, the first thing you have to learn is not how to shoot a rifle. You have to learn to obey orders. When you started working at the hospital, you had to learn what? to follow the protocols. Why? Because if you don't follow the protocols, you become a danger for anyone amongst. And that's, that's the same thing with faith. But, we, but charismatic teaching has taken that thing about what you can hear from God to make you, instead of making you dependent, they have made you independent. And, we made, and when we said that being independent is great, no, it's not. Because we're not created. God said it's not good for man to be alone. So it's that framework. He said, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel, and I say unto you, that, you, that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness, where shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. So I said, and Jesus said, now what, what did he believe? He believed... But Jesus was a man under authority. Mm-hmm. That's what he believed. Mm-hmm. And because he believed that he, he believed that whatever he said, he would do it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. If, if you meet a corrupt police officer and you know that police officer is corrupt, you cannot trust that police officer's word. Mm-hmm. But if you know that, but you can meet another police officer sub, who are submitted to the system who is not corrupt, now you can trust that person's. That's what, that's what faith, that's the faith that Jesus said, because you recognized it. Now your servant is healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.